Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This morning, our Lord, followed by a crowd, approaches Jericho, and they pass a blind man sitting by the road begging. He asks after the multitude, what's going on? There's this commotion, there's a multitude passing by, and they tell him of Jesus of Nazareth. When he hears the name Jesus, he begins crying out loudly, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then those who went before him warned him, be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. A multitude is following Jesus. They've heard his teachings. They've seen miracles. They see a blind man. They engage with him. And then he makes a little scene. He's crying out loudly. It's not what you do in polite society, right? You don't yell. Just quietly stop. You're showing a little bit too much emotion. You're, you're, you're shouting. Take the volume down. But what does he do? Cranks it up to 11. Son of David, have mercy on me. You can imagine the crowd. They're kind of looking around. You can hear the shh, shh, be quiet. You're loud. It's kind of obnoxious. I'm uncomfortable. I I don't feel all right with this. But scripture tells us he cried out all the more. Peer pressure. A crowd that has its particulars, its beliefs, maybe even following after Jesus, but there's a desire to silence. You're showing too much conviction. You're sharing something which is convicting me, and I would like you to stop, because this is a little bit too much for me. You're sharing something that's socially awkward. This isn't really what's accepted. I know it's what our Lord teaches, but could you whisper? Let's, let's be quiet. Maybe it's something that's unpopular, right? That shares into that social awkwardness. The peer pressure for a man crying out for help to Jesus to shh, be quiet. You're too loud. I'm uncomfortable. St. Anthony the Great, a long time ago, said this to his disciples. A time is coming when man will go mad. And when they see someone who is not mad, they will attack him, saying, You are mad. You are mad. You're not like us. Today we commemorate the new martyrs and confessors of Russia. And if you have even an inkling of the madness of the time, the early 20th century in Russia, the chaos, the disorder, the silencing of others, the murder, the lying, the betraying, the ideological manipulation, the supremacy of particular ideologies, 
that required the silencing of other thought, convictions. You're crying out to Jesus just a little bit too loud. We don't believe in that anymore. That's old. That's out of fashion. Be quiet. Are we not in many ways in a time of madness now? The denial of Christ is rampant. Beyond that, we can get even more fundamental. There's a denial of the universe having meaning. In some circles, you can even have the denial of ethics or morality. This Sunday, there will be a march at the Knoxville Convention Center for the March for Life. Because there is the denial of life to babies in the womb. There's a denial of marriage being only between man and woman. But at the heart of this, there is a denial of just basic goodness, virtue. Nihilism reigns. Cynicism, sarcasm, effects of little streaks of nihilism or evidence of a deep nihilism. Detached irony. Just watch television. Everything is ironic. To be sincere, to be convicted, is to be just a little too much. The denial of reality, and that reality has moral weight. This reigns. You can hear the shh, be quiet. I'm not saying that to the baby. I want to hear babies. (laughs) St. Anthony A time is coming when men will go mad. When they see someone who is not mad, they will attack him, saying, you are mad. You're not like us. In the commemoration of the new martyrs and confessors of Russia, we have the gospel read by Deacon, where our Lord foretells an apocalyptic scenario. Nations will rise up against nations, kingdom against kingdoms, great earthquakes, famines, pestilences, fearful sights, and great signs from heaven. This is classic Old Testament prophetic language. This is basically a sign for things are going to get real. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. They'll deliver you up to synagogues and prisons. You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my namesake, for Christ's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. This morning, we have before us on the center analogian icon of the various martyrs and confessors of Russia. But we have a particular icon of St. Benjamin of St. Petersburg, who was a metropolitan, which basically just means a senior bishop of St. Petersburg, who became a metropolitan of St. Petersburg in the middle of the chaos. There was a famine at the time, and the communist government decided or required might be, I imagine what the official language was. We require, which means we're going to take, we're going to confiscate the things of value in the churches because we need to feed people. 
The church has participated, but Metropolitan Benjamin and many faithful clergy and laity said, we would like this to go a different way. How about let's not confiscate or be required. We will freely give things. The boundary is you can't have things on the altar, the things that are used for the consecration of the gifts. Well, the parishes all agreed to this. The local uh, Communist Party members or whatever, there's, it's complicated. So if Communist, Bolshevik, whatever it is at the time, that mindset was present. It goes to Moscow. Moscow says, no, we don't really want the church doing these things. We want to confiscate. Because who is the great enemy of an atheistic regime? The church. So... St. Benjamin, surrounded by his church, there's 12 clergymen who turn against him. They write, not only is the government coming, but the clergymen are saying, the church is against the government. They're anti-revolutionary. It doesn't matter that the church is saying, yes, we will sacrifice, we will give. But you have Metropolitan Benjamin's own clergymen betraying him as our lord says you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers relatives and friends they will put some of you to death and you'll be hated by all for my name's sake remember who silences the blind man it's people following jesus here's a quote from the time from an article about this there were originally no arrests in connection with the people's unrest over the sacrilege of the state coming in and stealing things and taking things. But then 12 clergymen wrote in a local newspaper accusing clergy and the Metropolitan of resisting the decree and participating in counter-revolutionary conspiracies. These men go off to become infamous they are some of the architects if you may have heard this or may have not of the living church the living church was well i'll be completely frank they were basically liberal Pro liberal protestants they denied the divinity of christ they did not denied the virginity they denied the historic teachings of the church about all sorts of things because they wanted to be comfortable with the government they wanted to be in charge, and they basically created a counter-hierarchy against the church. Can you imagine this? Well, I can imagine this. Those who you would think, priests, devout laymen, betraying their own bishop, betraying even not just the bishop, but the teachings of the church. A time of madness. And in a time of madness, one can expect to be betrayed. And our Lord says, even hated. This is a very hard thing for us, because most of us like to be liked. The idea of not being liked is possibly one of the hardest things for us. But our Lord says, betrayal and hatred. So we need to be wary. We need to be careful. Are we ready for this kind of betrayal? Are we ready, and more importantly, are we ready to speak the truth 
even when we are abandoned, betrayed, told to be quiet even by those that follow after Jesus, or at least the crowd following after Jesus? Or are we ready to possess our souls and be ready for the fallout of faithfulness? Our Lord ends this incredibly say shocking, revealing, hard words with a promise. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. St. Benjamin, as he was brought before the court, and his, the, after this betrayal and the state coming after him, he stands not just with clergymen, but also faithful laymen. And there is testimonies, lies, a farce of a case. There's even positive testimony for St. Benjamin, after which there are arrests in the courtroom for those who gave positive testimonies. When St. Benjamin gives his defense, he does not defend himself, but he defends those men standing with him. And he says to the tribunal, I do not know what sentence you will pass upon me, life or death, yet whatever your pronouncement, I will raise my eyes upward with the same reverence, making the sign of the cross, and say, Glory to thee, O Lord God, for all things. The verdict is guilty. The courtroom erupts in applause. The judge has to quiet them down, and it takes a while. The defense lawyer makes the comment, obviously politics is the most important thing here, which even truth has to submit itself to, because the party has decided. In the epistle, it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, no created being shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How could St. Benjamin stand in faithfulness like this? Throughout the lies, he stands He does not slander. He does not attack. He stands in faithfulness. And whether life or death, glory to God for all things. How did he get to this place? He was raised, one article tells us about St. Benjamin, in a spirit of piety. As a child, he loved to read the lives of the saints contemplating the struggles of the martyrs and wishing that he too could make that same sacrifice for Christ's sake. Little did he know that in a peaceful time in a quiet village that such an opportunity later would arise. In a world of madness, you may expect the church to give some kind of marching orders, prepare, attack, go after But our Lord says, by your patience, possess your souls. 
patient faithfulness. This starts at home. It starts in our hearts now. It is not, and I think this is how I would understand our Lord in saying, do not prepare what you will say, because if, I don't know about you, but as you think ahead in all possible scenarios, you have a, a test or a review before a job, and you go through every scenario, right? This is what I'll say to that. And the, our Lord says, don't do that. Don't make yourself anxious. Don't freak yourself out. Be patient and faithful. Our homes are the place where we develop future St. Benjamins, if it comes to that. A place where the lives of the saints are loved, prayers are faithfully said, scripture is loved and passed down. It is a place where Deuteronomy 6 is lived. As Moses tells the people, you shall teach them the commandments and the acts of God diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that as you even leave your house, as you go in and out, the commandments of the Lord are before you. In a time of madness... Cry out to God like the blind man. Don't listen to the shushing. In a time of madness, possess your souls with patience like St. Benjamin. For not a hair of his head was lost. Not in the sense, of course, because he was taken out with the other priests and laymen they were shaved cassocks. Any kind of sign of being a clergy were taken off of them, and they were shot. And as far as I know, we still do not know where their relics are. But our Lord's promise of not a hair of one's head being lost is, of course, a reference to the faithfulness of God in resurrecting the faithful. Possess your soul with patience like St. Benjamin. And like the blind man, Christ will turn to you, and he will save you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.